And hello, and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. Matt, we're a podcast for the social distancing era, mainly because I am always socially distant, emotionally distant too, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, we were doing this way before this whole virus hit, and everyone just used this virus as an excuse to copy us. Yeah, I know, right, man? We did it first. It was our idea. Do not steal. TM. <laughs> and they totally stole. <laughs> Man, I'm sure you I'm sure you saw that tweet making the rounds too where it's like, man, so many great video games are coming out this year. How are we gonna stay home and play them all? Yeah, we have an idea. I and I'm doing exactly that. I started Doom Eternal last night. There you go. Everyone's doing that and Animal Crossing, and I haven't yet because I'm trying to watch my money until the end of the month. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 that's the thing. There's like new games that you want to play, but then you also gotta balance the money because you don't know if you're gonna be working here. It's 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 a it's a balance. It's it well because here's the thing too like normally I would be able to do it but now it's like oh I might have to help support my parents because I actually have a job mm -hmm. now and they don't yep. I know exactly how you feel isn't that some shit where it's like oh yeah Joel's comic book thing he does oh shit he's actually the only one bringing in a paycheck <laughs> at the moment so now I'm like double stressed to turn out content where I'm like oh I better fucking get on this shit I I can't actually relax. There's that new Tiger documentary I wanted to watch. There was games I wanted to play, and I'm like, nah, I don't think I can. Also, thank you, Michelle, for subscribing. Much, uh, much appreciated. Yes, thank you. But, uh, yeah, beyond all that, uh, I feel like I'm going to be saying this a lot. How, how's life in quarantine treating you, Matt? Yeah, but it, pretty good. I'm in, like, like semi-quarantine since I'm still going to work for now. Um, but uh, I think as of today, like, as of eight minutes ago, like, uh, our cinemas uh clubs pubs and i think all non-essential mm. stuff has like closed down yeah canada did the same oh thank you uh creative mind for the subscription much appreciated always always a good thing yeah it's basically happened here again i live in the country so there's not many people mm -hmm. here so i'm lucky in that regard i actually went out today for the first time in like a week because i actually needed to go to the store and get some more stuff and it's funny they have these new things now in the shops blue lines you're supposed to stand behind and check out because yeah. that's the six feet line yeah. and one lady got very snippy when one person overstepped the line you overstepped the I, line you overstepped the line th th that's funny she said i actually had something similar i went to a subway and they had like the signs oh. that said oh 1.5 meter rule sort of thing and this woman was getting irate because her kid was just running around the shop because it was a little kid. Yeah, Can't stop yeah. him. But she was getting mad they at the people he was running near like it was their fault. <laughs> he he invaded my space. There's nothing I can His do. His space is this whole shop. Respect it. Yeah, really. <laughs> the funny thing, too, is that, you know, before all of this happened, I had had my eyes checked. I was going to go pick up my first pair of glasses. I was going to finally get this tooth taken care of and everything. And now that's just on the eternal back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would not be going anywhere near like hospitals or doctors any no. anytime soon. Here's the thing, actually. Uh, today, they put it out in the local newspaper that the first person actually died in our small town hospital oh, of the virus. Now, now this person had traveled to Germany and Tahiti and a bunch of other places and had only just come back. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, yo, glad I didn't. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I keep hearing about things like that, like, oh, this person went to this hospital that I've been to before who caught it. I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm not going to any hospitals. 
Yeah, glad I did. I had an idea, too, because obviously, you know, I'm one of those people who doesn't have a face mask. I'm like, ooh, I'll just put my scarf around my face. <laughs> then I'm like, no, don't do that because, uh, what is it, if you do that, people are going to think you're already sick. Yeah, yep. I, I joked on Twitter there where it's like, hey, I'm going to get my old goth rave masks out of mothballs. And I'm like, fuck, I actually wish I did have those. <laughs> oh, is, is, is my voice all deep again this time? No, I'm reading the chat. It doesn't sound like me. It doesn't sound like okay. uh, it to me. All right. I might, might fix it up if it is. People liked my deep voice there. It's yeah. like, hey, everybody, it's Joel in the comic <laughs> multiverse. Then I just changed back to normal halfway through. <laughs> Now, uh, now this is going to be a very special and interesting type of show, everyone. To keep things light and fun, I actually asked people uh, over on Twitter to recommend us some fun comic book uh, would-you-rather situations. We're going to talk about that in the latter half of the show. We're going to cover some of the comics we read this week, but uh, first things first, we got uh, we got some news here, and actually more news than I thought we were going to have. Yeah, well, I, I, I think that all the people thought, oh, well, you know, no one's doing anything, might as well just drop some news clearly and thank god they did because yeah. my assumption was where it's like well they're still putting comics out for now unlike movies and television but you know there's gonna come a time when they can't tell us anything new yeah, did you see i don't know whether you saw but like because uh movie production is basically halted all of the the scoopers and and the people in the know who don't really know a lot uh, of things <laughs> are getting really upset because a lot of them I have bet. Patreons, and now they don't have any content for those Patreons, so mm -hmm. they're kind of complaining that that's all closed down. I'm like, well, would you rather everyone get infected, or you get a scoop that probably won't be true? Mm -hmm. If I was El Scoopo Magnifico, I would probably be quite upset right <laughs> now. Is he still around, El Scoopo, or am I just making shit up now? I think he is, but I think like no one takes him seriously anymore. Like, now everyone is like him. Yeah. Like, he was special for a minute because he was the only one, but now everybody does it. Yeah. All right, I guess with that, we can head on over to the news. And uh, a topic that I talked about a little bit on stream this week, but not much because I've actually been streaming more over on my own Twitch. Check it out, everyone. I know some of you did. But uh, the new New Warriors miniseries coming out as part of Outlawed, which I read the first issue of that this week, too, has courted much controversy. <laughs> but I think it's a, it's, I think it's actually a lot deeper and more complicated uh, situation than people are giving it credit for. So basically, there's a new team of new warriors coming out as part of Outlawed, and they have some very silly-ass names. They're Screen Time. <laughs> That's the guy in green. What? What's his deal, Matt? What can he do? Um, he got infected by internet gas, because that's a thing now. Mm. Um, and he likes the memes. That's his power. He he, he loves the memes. He's as smart as the internet, which I'm like, okay, so it's Freakazoid, but not funny. That's a weird addition. I didn't think any of it at that point because they had like a whole trailer thing with Kibble Smith, the writer, and they like announced each mm -hmm. member of the team every day. I'm like, well, that's a weird addition, but all right, now every team needs its one weird screwball. It's not until he got to the next two characters, twins, one of which is non-binary, the other one who I think was gay, I didn't read the whole article that closely. But the important thing is that their names are literally Snowflake and Safe Space. Yeah, the, the first one I was like, okay, this is like, yeah, whatever. But yeah, it's these two that I'm like, okay, what's going on here? This this is a joke. This is this is it's, like some like like long game joke that we haven't got the punchline yet. 
Exactly, and naturally, you know, with two characters like this, the internet lost its collective minds, as it always does, but not in a way you would think. So here's the thing about Kibble Smith, the writer. He is a comedy writer. In fact, I'm pretty sure he either wrote for Colbert or still writes for Colbert mm -hmm. at the moment. And uh, he's also a well-known LGBTQ plus advocate. He uh, wrote a book called I Shit You Not, Santa's Husband, <laughs> about Santa's husband. <laughs> That's a thing. So it seemed weird that he would use, you know, the word snowflake and safe space, which is usually always used by internet shitbeards to deride people they don't like. And then I'm like, but wait, you know, are, th are there layers to this? Because he said, like, oh, you know, it's about taking, you know, those slur names back. And I'm like, well, I really wouldn't consider those to be slurs. No. They don't really have the historical connotation there. They're shitty things shitty people say to other people. I'm like, I don't... And, and this is where it starts to get complicated, where it's like, are you... Are you for? Are you against? Who who are you making? What what is this joke? I don't get. Where is this going? And then, because there's another layer on top of that, I'm like, no, no, wait. This this is exactly what he wants us to do. Kibble Smith is actually a genius, and that he got the entire internet to talk about the fucking New Warriors <laughs> for a little bit, a book and a series no one cared about, no one was going to read until maybe now. Yeah, yeah. This is probably the most the the New Warriors have been talked about. But yeah, it, again, it as you said, it's it's so weird. Like, who is this for? Like why is it like this it's just so strange it's it's clearly a joke who is the joke on it gets even weirder if you read outlawed number one because you find out that a uh, cradle basically the new military police that is you know enforcing the teen hero band is literally being overseen by three members of the original new warriors justice uh slipstream and of course speedball hilariously enough oh, nice <laughs> And the thing about these new warriors is that they're working with some of the other new warriors. They're kind of like their young trainees. And I'm like, wait a minute, are these are these new, like almost kind of parodying, like to the nth degree, super exclusive or inclusive characters? Are they are they the fucking bad guys? That, yeah, that, that's what I was thinking. It's like, are these like the bad guys, and they're 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 making fun and like playing up those sort of stereotypes and stuff? Like, it's so strange. It's so strange. It is. It's totally strange because, like, in the back of my head, I could understand how you could do, like, a parody of this where it's like, okay, whenever there's a new Champions book, whenever there's a new socially responsible or progressive superhero book, people are always quick and it's always the same fucking people with the same fucking grift who are like, oh, they're shoving diversity and inclusivity down my white male straight throat and I hate it so much. To where I'm like, is, is Kibble Smith trying to turn that to be like, no, 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 you want to see shit that's forced and try hard? This is forced <laughs> and try hard. This thing I just made but i did it purposely as a joke and again i'm like there's there's too many layers to this and i don't like thinking about the new warriors this much also te technically wasn't it kind of done before if it, if it is indeed that because didn't when um uh the uh the team start off um didn't they they, they fought a team that was exactly the same as them but they were like in it for like the hits and views that was the freelancers, yeah. and they were, yeah. uh, they were they were an ultra-capitalist team. Yeah. Supervillain team was the thing, yeah, the freelancers, which I think Wade invented them, but Zub subsequently brought them mm -hmm. back. But yeah, their their bag was totally different, yet hilariously, they were also, also an ethnically diverse team of ultra-capitalists, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which no one ever saw a problem with. But uh, yeah, New Warriors, weird, 
but also at the same time too it's like i want to read it just to see what the punchline to the joke is because it's clearly a joke but on the same hand too i'm like no fuck you kibble smith i'm not going to read this because you want me to you basically hacked the brains of the whole internet (laughs) to get people to talk i'm not falling for this kibbles everyone else fell for it and it's funny too i think he had a blowback that he really wasn't expecting in this where it's like okay i'm gonna come out with this uh you know ultra diverse progressive team and the regular offenders of internet shitbeards are gonna be mad at it and make videos about it and call it the downfall of western civilization but then i'll have people on the other end talking about how great i am and do it oh no wait those people hate it too because they see through the joke and in fact they're even calling bullshit on my design work well not his design work but the artist design work who i think the artist is actually an out queer man himself so it's all it's all very complex it's all a fucking minefield but just man what a what a weird ass time what a weird ass moment for everyone to talk about the new warriors yeah i i don't think i saw anyone who liked this at all like no i think there were people that were okay with it but they were like yeah this this doesn't look good at best people are confused by Mm -hmm. it and like i don't know if confusion will help you buy a comic especially because everyone is just kind of waiting and being like is this in bad taste this feels like this might be in bad taste but i don't know yet because i haven't actually read the book so i don't know I uh, I do like the design on the vampire guy though. Again, everyone only talks about the first three characters. No one talks about the fact that there's two other ones. I like the vampire guy. He looks all right, but he, is he a real vampire though? We don't know. He might just be a fashion vampire. He might be <laughs> one of those vampire kids from South Park. Also, the other girl on the team who she's a plus size hero and her power is she has a backpack. And I'm like, oh, okay, so you have three super stereotypical ones, then the plus size girl whose powers have nothing to do with the fact that she's plus that's what I, That's okay. what really confused me because I like saw her and thinking, oh, she's going to be like the, the strong one, the, the like tank of the group. She's going to be the one that like like can lift heavy things. It's like, no, all her powers come from the backpack. I'm like, oh, so the thing that the could easily backpack. be taken off of her. <laughs> it's exactly, which again it's a joke it's all clearly a joke i just don't know who the joke is on yet and if it's punching up or punching down and i'll have to read the book to find out to which again is a non-starter because i'm like fuck you i'm not gonna read it just because you made me i want to read it because i want to not because you hacked my brain kibble smith but yeah there's there's the new warrior controversy for you which again to call it a controversy is almost to give it too much credit to because it's such a manufactured controversy yeah. they did this knowing this would happen yeah exactly and i don't like to be manipulated like at least with all this other stuff like you can tell when something is earnest like basically when he was talking about it in that little trailer they put out he was doing everything but winking and nudging yeah yeah he did he could have just looked in the camera and just said this is a joke this is a joke but i don't want you to think it's a joke because if you know i'm taking the piss right now then the whole shtick doesn't work this is this is almost kaufman-esque with all the different layers in this this is almost fucking andy kaufman fighting with jerry the king lawler (laughs) all right so from there we have another piece of news something that i'm sure many people will enjoy and that is that bloodshot the new valiant movie along with about a dozen other movies that had to be taken out of theaters because the studio couldn't make any money on them are coming to digital the 24th so two days from now yeah we've already had some we had onward yesterday which i'm i still yes. haven't seen i'm looking forward to seeing that we had uh i really like we it. had the hunt and invisible man both of which i saw the invisible man was fantastic the hunt was really terrible 
I saw The Invisible Man. I really liked that one. I hope uh, Bloomhouse keeps making cool, weird, new, modern updates on classic uh, Hammer monster movies. Yeah, it was damn good. Plus, it's Lee Whannell, who, man, Lee Whannell is just a really good director, and I think a lot of people don't uh, give him his needed respect He's had an interesting career. Boy, very Sam Raimi-ish, and this is like his big return to horror. Yeah. Uh, Bloodshot, which I haven't seen, but I want to see because, you know, it's Valiant and because I made that whole video on Bloodshot to try and tie into the movie <laughs> that didn't do great. And I knew it didn't do great, but I had to test the waters anyway. Because, <laughs> you know, it's the first of its kind. It might launch a whole universe. People who might be interested. You got you to gotta check that shit out. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that comes out. That new Guy Ritchie movie, The Gentleman, mm-hmm. comes out. I want to see that. Yeah, I want to see. I heard good things about that. I never got a chance to see it Me in the too. cinema. Everyone's saying it's the return of Guy Ritchie, that he's like actually good and cool again, and that the movie is weirdly semi-autobiographical because it's about an aging crime boss coming out of retirement <laughs> to prove he can still do yeah, it. Yeah, that's great. I'm like, oh, just replace crime boss with director, and there you go. <laughs> Did did the crime boss also marry Madonna for a few years and have his work horribly suffer because of it? <laughs> oh, he did. Wow. Damn, this is really autobiographical. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, has nothing to do with this, but uh, Dan Segura is going to have a new comedy special on the twenty fourth on Netflix. I enjoy his work. Uh, Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, I know you just got into wrestling there, Matt. You should check out the Vice documentary series, Dark Side of the Ring. It's coming back for season two. It's basically behind the music with all the sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but for wrestling. Yeah, I, th- I, I swear I've seen an episode. I know that does sound familiar. I swear I've seen something about it. It's very educational, and the first episode they're doing is Chris Benoit, the French-Canadian wrestler who went nuts and murdered his whole family. Yeah, well, that would be a good episode. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be very... Well, apparently they put the... I couldn't watch it because it was in America and I would need a friggin' VPN for it, but apparently they put out the first hour for free for people to watch. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so uh, definitely check that out if you're in America and that sounds interesting to you. So, uh, yeah, lots uh, lots of good movies coming out. Uh, It's so funny. I, I really do wonder what the analytics will be and the stats when they get this back, all these movie studios, if they're like, hey... We don't have to keep releasing these to theaters. We can actually put first-run movies out on digital and make an okay buck back. That's the thing. Like, I think this might cause a somewhat paradigm shift in how films could be delivered. Because, yeah, that if if enough people get them, then they'll say, like, well, why don't we put it in theaters for, like, you know, three weeks and then immediately on VOD and DVD. Like, it could... could cut out that whole like waiting you know three to five months for the dvd and digital i mean all you need for uh like oscar contention is to play in new york or la for two weeks is all you need yeah yeah or not even there like just make it available to these the oscar people and, you know, people bring out in the chat the idea of pirating, where it's like, here's the thing, I, I firmly believe when it comes to piracy, if you give people the ability to buy and to get their media legally, most people will get it legally, yep. or the majority of people will, and the people who do pirate were never really that interested anyway. That, that's exactly how it is, because here, here in Australia, it, it's very difficult to get certain things because of, like, it gets tied up with, like, companies that want to charge you heaps, but when this happened, they mm-hmm. were just available on the PlayStation store, so I was able to just, like, yep. go in and buy them. 
yeah, Canada, very similar uh, to what you were saying right there. And yeah, I will be interested to see how this changes things. And just, man, what a crazy-ass time we're living in. We'll be able to tell our grandkids, like, yeah, there was three months there where we all had to stay inside because of a virus, and Hollywood just released all their <laughs> movies to us directly because they would rather make some money instead of no money. Yeah, they, they they still have yet to do, like, some of the bigger budget films, big tentpole films that have, have yet to come out. But I have a feeling that maybe some of them might be doing it because, like, where else do you put them? They're, they're being very mum on Black mm -hmm. Widow, and in yeah. fact, that uh, leads us into our next story, and that is that Wonder Woman uh, 84 straight up says that it's refusing to move, that it is sticking to its summer release date, which, you know, is, you know, positive, wishful thinking that all of this will be cleared up by the summertime, and God willing, it will be before that. Unless shit gets really fucking dark, but it's interesting that they're just putting their foot down and being like, nope, nope, this will be, this will be a friggin' summer release come hell or high water. Yeah, it, it's definitely that is wishful thinking with them thinking it's going to be all over by the summer, and it definitely absolutely could because things are changing day by day. But as well as like it's getting kind of a bit cocky there because it could easily just continue on into the summer. And then what are they going to do? I see, it's true. You know, I see why they want to do it. And that is like, look, this is our year. We have no Guardians of the Galaxy to contend with. The summer is completely open. This is the year that DC, Warner Brothers, and Wonder Woman, you know, own the summer, basically. Well, see, that's the, that's the, the other thing. That the, the cinemas could reopen in time for it to come out. But it doesn't guarantee you that people will come. People could still be worried about the virus and big meetings, still yeah. want to, you know, limit their social interaction. Def definitely, definitely, 100%. I mean, I think the estimate I heard uh, from someone who has a family member who works in the CDC is something like, you know, the most, the most positive, uh, like, forecast for this is three months until we're all allowed to go out again probably a year to where it's all uh completely eradicated yeah yeah it's it's not something that's just gonna go away overnight yeah which again where it's like come on i mean japan is uh close to canceling the olympics and all this other stuff uh they're can they're not quite canceling wrestlemania <laughs> they've canceled all the cons yeah all the cons are gone e3's been canceled like yeah it, it, although i mean yeah that was gonna get canceled anyway <laughs> I mean, that, that was only a couple years to them just being like, fuck it, we're just going to do all these and put the trailers out ourselves, which actually, I wonder if this will uh, hasten the death of E3. I think it will. I think it will. Yeah. Man, that'll be really weird when we're all sitting around watching E3 stuff at no actual convention. <laughs> yeah, that'll be our first time at E3. <laughs> Yeah, really, our first time. I mean, come on, I, I, I want the, you know, experience of being there, of Todd Howard coming out and lying to me. <laughs> yeah, to my face, in person. In person. Todd Howard, he's just going to come to all of our houses, throw a magic box. Hey, everyone, Todd the liar here, and I just wanted to say... <laughs> We got lots of great new adventures coming for you. You know, I want Ubisoft to come to my house, and I want them to show me a bunch of trailers that are, you know, going to actually be downgraded when I get to play the game. That's what I want. Yeah, and that, that's the thing we're going to learn, that, like, Fallout 76 was the patient zero of the coronavirus. Because, you know, it's it's been, it's fucked up everything else. You know, why not? Why not? Yeah, Todd accidentally why not? released the virus or something. 
oh no, I created a game so broken and horrible it made people sick, and I'm not just talking about the mole that was in the helmets. <laughs> Man, I, I love that Fallout 76 is this broken hellscape that everything that can go wrong with that game does go wrong and with that game. it still goes wrong. I still follow Jim Sterling's uh, reports on it. Every, it seems like every other month there's like a report on it. <laughs> They're, they're glorious. My favorite story is when they put in like those $100 uh, additions mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, pay $100 and you'll get all these advantages over all the people who pay for free, even though they didn't pay for free because they paid 70 bucks to have the game. <laughs> and you had people forming like anarchist gangs to hunt down the players <laughs> who paid $100 and just grief them to death yeah. so they never want to play anymore. <laughs> And I'm like, ah, yes, yes, French Revolution, let us rise up. We will not just eat cake, you $100 paying Fallout 76 players. (laughs) And yes, I know Marie Antoinette didn't actually say let them eat cake, but still. (laughs) But yeah, so there's the Wonder Woman news for you. Do you you think Black Widow will move? Because Black Widow would be the first to move. Do you think they would just wait to release, or do you think they would say, fuck it, we're just putting it on digital? Well, yeah, it's like as of now it's meant to be released in like a month or so like for Mm -hmm. me at least so and that's not going to happen here because cinemas are closed so i could see it released on there i i I think what they'll do if they do release it they won't put it on disney plus first they'll put it on the vod where you got to pay like the 19 dollars or however much those other ones were so they can make a bit of money and then after like a month or so put it on disney plus because, yeah, that's what they did with Star Wars and mm-hmm. Frozen and everything. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting because I know a lot of people were saying, like, you know, is Black Widow a strong enough character to hold up a big movie release on her own? You and I kept saying yes. So I almost kind of hate the idea that if it did come to that, the movie wouldn't get a chance to prove people wrong. <laughs> well, it's extenuating I, I circumstances. It can't, you know, can't go to theaters if they're all closed. Very, very, very. Uh, I, I, I would feel less vindicated, and naturally, I'm the most important one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's, uh, there's your movie news for you, there, everyone. Uh, more new comic book news coming from the world of Marvel. Uh, along with that new Warriors trailer, the next day we got a little bit tra- uh, trailer for Children of the Atom, the next in the never-ending sea, it seems of X-Men titles. And honestly, I got to eat some crow on this one, Matt, because turns out my theory about what this book was, was a hundred percent wrong. I assumed, Oh, this is going to be about the chimera mutants and how they start. Cause you mm-hmm. got one that kind of looks like Gambit yep. and one that kind of looks like Cyclops. Honestly, this still might end up being true, but it didn't sound that way from the trailer. This, this is actually apparently about the next generation of mutants. This is the new, new mutants is what this is. Uh, and what makes them different from the Krakoa mutants is by the sounds of it, they don't live there. They have parents. They have secret identities. Mm, that's what really excites me about this. Because, uh, like, Marvel don't really do secret identities all that much. So when, now that they're doing them, that really excites me. Especially not for the X-Men. And also, it seems like these kids are going to be fighting traditional crime mm-hmm. and not dealing with the day-to-day operations of Krakoa, to where I'm like, huh. Yeah, that, 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 that's what really intrigues me about this. It's different. Um, what also intrigues me is that how how does Xavier and, and, and Krakoa feel about these mutants? Fit into this. 
Yeah, because it's not like, obviously we've seen what a tyrannical control freak he's become. He's not going to let these kids run no. around and do whatever they want. No. And again, I keep thinking there could be a really dark like stinger to this book where it's like, well, why? Why does one kind of dress like Cyclops and why does one have gambit power? I, I'm expecting to Xavier to walk out the end and be like, oh, oh, we impregnated their parents with DNA. That's totally us. This is how we seed the next generation of mutants to take over the world, to have them kind of become celebrities because uh, according to the lady who's working on this you know they have you know these are kids with tiktok pages and etsy <laughs> stores and everything and like they are very prominent zoomers which i know some people got really pissed off when she used the word zoomer and i'm like why generation z what's wrong with it <laughs> yeah no apparently there was a bunch of people super pissed about that <laughs> they're, they're probably millennials or boomers yeah yeah you, we're the old ones now millennials we're nearing 40 <laughs> Yeah, no, it sounds really cool. And as you said, that that would actually be really cool if there was that sinister undertone of like these are all like, uh, like an experiment of of Xavier. This is like how he tries to weed out humanity. Yeah, exactly. By being like, look, we become because he even kind of said that where it's like, look, we have a country now, yeah. so now we have to build a culture. Mm -hmm. So having mutant celebrities, young hip mutant kids taking over the apps and getting all the followers and everything would be a really sinister way to do so. Yeah, they've already started taking over like like businesses and stuff because they got the X Corp and uh, the Hellfire yeah. Club with their like uh, pharmaceuticals and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, Trading this is like and everything, the next yeah. logical step. When are, when are we going to get the mutant banks? Magneto said he was going to take over the mutant banks. When are we going to get that? Yeah, the, the bank book. The bank book, yeah. It's just, it's just ah, yes, the new mutant number cruncher who has the power to crunch all the numbers. <laughs> it's just him being like, Form 76, diversify portfolios. Yes. Good. Good. It's just 20 pages of that. <laughs> Uh, people are asking who's writing this one. Uh, oh, I follow her on Twitter. What's her name? Vita, Vita something. Which I think I want to say this might be her first. This is definitely her first big book uh, with Marvel. But I think she's done some work for them before. Uh, is it Vita? This, this, this is Ayala. Yeah, I can't see, say I'm glad you name. said it. I can't say a last name. I'm glad you said it, Matt, because I would I would have butchered it too. I I follow her on Twitter from something completely different because she just has like a good uh, Twitter page. But yeah, that's uh, I was gonna call it New New Mutants, but no, it's Children of the Atom, and it looks interesting. It looks like it could go either way. It's definitely a different flavor for the X-Men yeah. books. And even though I kind of begrudge, like, grr, another X-Men book I have to read. At the same time, I'm like, ooh, that sounds fun, though. <laughs> it's interesting. And if they definitely follow through with, like, like a, having a sinister undertone like all the other, other mutant books mm -hmm. have, it could definitely be very interesting. I do kind of laugh, too, where it's like, yeah, they're young, hip teen heroes. I'm like, aren't the champions supposed to fill that role? And then I'm like, oh, the champions don't have a book right now. Shit. <laughs> yeah, and they're That's being hunted why. by the government. And <laughs> and they're getting hunted. Yeah, I mean, I guess the whole teen hero thing gets, uh, what is it, gets worked out by the time this book eventually comes out because here's young teen heroes doing stuff. Or, or they'll, they'll do something where it's like, oh, they're not technically teens. They're all 20. Ah, <laughs> uh, there you go. Or they're not technically human, yeah, so, you know, it doesn't count for them. They're not governed by human laws. You know, that, that actually kind of makes a lot of sense because Krakoa is its own nation. It does offer amnesty mm -hmm. to every mutant, and they are mutants, so would they technically yeah. get to circumvent and, that law? Yeah, and we've seen them abuse that diplomatic immunity like 
like whole oh, hog yeah. like every time it comes up it's always abused <laughs> man that would be so crazy if outlawed ends and they don't fix the law so the champions have to sit at home <laughs> or fight the government to fight crime and these ones are the only guys who get to fight it legally <laughs> That would be so fun. DNG tax-exempt mutants. Not tax-exempt mutants yet, but Nightcrawler is working on that new mutant religion so soon. Soon. Soon they're going to do it. Man, I really cannot wait to see what uh, Nightcrawler's mutant church is going to be all about. Oh, God, that's going to be great. He's going to go on a mutant crusade or something. It's going to be amazing. Oh, man. Oh, the mutant holy war, uh, friggin' Kurt. All right, now we're going to go claim Jerusalem. Yes, uh, Jesus was a mutant. I mean, he walked on water. He turned, you know, uh, water to wine. Obviously mutant, guys. We're claiming that's, him. He's ours that's got, You know that's got to have been in, like, Jonathan Hickman's head. Yeah, it's like it's like in a sticky note up on the top there. Jesus mutant, question mark? Yeah, it's circled. <laughs> Oh, man, he starts sanctifying people from history, like, uh, what is it, like how the Mormons claim people after they die? And they're like, George Washington, also mutant, you didn't know it. Yep. He's, uh, he's St. George Washington of the of the Church of the Atom. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep pe- peeking, uh, picking all sorts of people from history. James Brown, hardest working man in show business, it was his mutant power. <laughs> Do you think anyone could dance or sing that well if they didn't have mutant genes? Yep, that's why. <laughs> It was all him. In the comments section, everyone, tell us other great people from history that the mutants could claim <laughs> as part of their church. <laughs> uh, oh, that's good shit. All right, so what do we have after that? Uh, ooh, some big news coming out of the world of Star Wars. Obviously, if you watched Clone Wars this week, we got the big return of Ahsoka Tano to kick off their brand new arc to fill the gap of what happened to her at the end of the Clone Wars, but guess what, Matt? There was more than that, because they announced, holy shit, Ahsoka's gonna be in the friggin' Mandalorian Season 2, and she's gonna be played by Rosario fucking Dawson. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about this. I don't think Ahsoka should be in the Mandalorian. Don't you now? Do explain. I like that the Mandalorian was cut off from all of, like, the the Rebellion, Clone Wars, Skywalker saga Mm. stuff. It was its own thing and its own part of the universe. Separated from all that Jedi stuff, it allowed, like, characters like the Mandalorian, like, gritty bounty hunters and all those sorts Mm. of things to take precedence over the Jedi and Force users. Uh, So bringing her back in kind of feels like they're just shoehorning her in just because she's a popular character. Like, I obviously... you. You can tell from her inclusion that you can tell the story will be, oh, she's going to come after the child or want the child. Or something like that. I mean, it's it's funny you said, you know, that it's so, uh, uh, what is it, its own thing in its own island from the other Star Wars stuff, yet hilariously is made by Dave Filoni, who <laughs> helped create her for Clone Wars originally and did Rebels and did this. And in fact, she always kind of came back with the idea that she was the fulcrum of the resistance. And when that show ended, she was going to go to uncharted space to look for Ezra. I I think my best case scenario, and I trust Filoni to do this. She'll be in one episode for a bit. Mm -hmm. Maybe it has something to do with the dark saber. Cause obviously she's fighting Darth Maul in this season. Yep. 
it's probably going to have to do something with that. Maybe that's what she wants. Maybe it has nothing to do with the child. It's, I got to get this ancient Jedi artifact back, you know, because reasons. And then, supposedly, the next rumor there was that if uh, this proves popular, and there's no doubt that it might, they want to spin Ahsoka off into her own live-action show. I could, I'd like to see that as that live-action show being the sequel to Rebels. Um, yeah, and same. Just speaking of that, that's another thing, like, she would as you said only have to be in it for a little bit because the mandalorian takes place at the same time around or around the same time she would be off with sabine in the unknown regions yes. looking for ezra yeah so like she could appear as like a hologram or something or a, yeah. a vision but i i had a really cool idea which would be like oh what what if instead of being a protagonist she's an antagonist and and mm. wants the child because she sees the child as like the new the start of the new jedi or like a new thing but like because the child will bring balance to the force yes something like that but because the mandalorian now has to look after the child because he's part of the clan and everything he doesn't want that for the child because he's seen the shit the jedi and sith and all that sort of get up to and doesn't want the child to be part of any of that so there's that sort of clash between the two of them also, having the Mandalorian fight Ahsoka would be interesting, mm. too, because you get all the visuals of a fight with a Jedi, but you get the little caveat of, like, well, I never finished Jedi training, you know, I'm, I'm a Jedi exile, I'm pretty fucking good, <laughs> but y- if he loses, you can still have the caveat of, like, well, he didn't lose to a full Jedi, though. <laughs> or if he wins, where it's like, well, she wasn't a full Jedi, though. <laughs> Even though she's, like, one of the best. Yeah. <laughs> Now, here's my thing. Where's my fucking Asajj Ventress show now? Because we got to explain what happened to her. Yeah. Because I'm pretty damn sure the last season of Clone Wars isn't going to do it. And I know they had that book that was pretty cool where it was her and Voss trying to kill Dooku and everything. Mm-hmm. Let's let's adapt that into something, please. Yeah, she she technically died in the book, as Mitchellus, um points out. But I think there's probably a story there you could probably tell with her. Because I think it was left yeah. vague. I, if I, I haven't read Dark Disciple in a long time. But I think it was left yeah, pretty so. vague. Because also, too, it's like, you know, we got to answer that. And I guess we got to answer what happened to Cad Bane, too. Yeah, I know there was that story real stuff, but still. I didn't count that as canon. No, even though Filoni and his team have said those were canon as they did other stuff. But yeah. Yeah. I I just want Cad Bane to be alive, even just like an old Cad Bane to show up in Mandalorian yeah. somewhere. Just do like an Unforgiven story with him yes yes exactly he's an old man now he's the sheriff of some backwater planet he's like i know you you're a bounty hunter i used to be the best bounty hunter <laughs> Ooh, then you can redo that scene from the story reel where like maybe mando gets like a dent in his armor for more bane shot him. <laughs> that'd be great because that's such a cool scene i just want to see that recreated and i know they had that for young boba fett in mind but still mm-hmm. that's what i would do but that's just me i know I know, too, as people were quick to bring up with Rosario Dawson, it's like, didn't Rosario Dawson get canceled not too long ago? I know it's the internet and everyone gets canceled eventually. I'm not going to bring the show down by bringing it up, but yeah, she got into trouble. Her family, too. Go read Wikipedia if you're interested (laughs) in it. It all seems very kind of like, that's fucked up, but you know. I found found, like this casting news, which I I think has been confirmed to be true. I'm not too sure yet. I think it's still up in the air. But like I found it to be 
not true to begin with because a lot of people were fan casting her as ahsoka and i'm thinking uh mm. when something like that happens i'm thinking uh i don't know if that's true or not and, and really i think ashley exon should should play the the live action ahsoka she voices her she's yep. voiced her for so many times she kind of looks true. like her she's she's cosplayed as her before I, I agree for voice reasons. Then again, I'm trying to think myself to where it's like, okay, well, if she was like a young woman at the beginning of the Clone Wars and, you know, uh, what is it, like a 20-something by the time that series comes to an end and an adult uh, as Fulcrum. So, you know, she'd be she'd be like, what, late 40s, early 50s well, maybe we, by the time of The Mandalorian? We saw her around the time of The Mandalorian in that last episode of Rebels. And I think because her race, like, ages differently, she didn't look too that's I think true. she was a little taller. You, you do get the alien exemption, don't you? Yeah. That's true. But, yeah, should be interesting. Also, too, now that Rosario Dawson is Ahsoka, a lot of people were fan casting her for She-Hulk, even though she was already part of the Marvel Universe for something else. Do you think this uh, this cancels that out, or do you think she can double, triple dip? Yeah, I think she can double, double dip. I mean, uh, I don't think the Ahsoka role in, in Mandalorian will be that big. No, and she's going to be so made up and everything. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So, all right, what else do we got going on after that? Uh, ooh, uh, here's a fun story. Here's just a feel-good story I want to bring up. Jake Johnson, uh, the guy who played old schlubby Peter Parker from Into the Spider-Verse as part of this whole, like, quarantine thing, he's actually uh, telling parents to DM him, and he'll uh, call your kid and, you know, cheer him up and make him feel better during these uncertain times. And I'm like, wow, that is the sweetest, most Spider-Man-ass shit yes, I've ever heard. Best Peter Parker. <laughs> confirmed everybody the best uh best peter parker is him sorry sorry tom holland you're gonna have to up your game a little bit here you just got out wholesomed yeah no yeah, yeah that, that, that's really cool i i liked him as peter parker i thought he was pretty good me too me too definitely also thank you great mind for following or creative mind he he did the thing with the threes that activated my selective dyslexia <laughs> It's a, it's a real thing that happens, everyone. Selective dyslexia makes my job really, uh, really difficult. <laughs> but no, that's that's really sweet and really awesome of him to do that. And in such trying times, it's nice to be able to see, you know, some guy doing good. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Also makes me hope, too. I'm like, man, I hope you come back for that next movie then. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, if, they are, they're totally making that. They are, I know, right? We haven't seen or heard much of it since they had that little announced trailer, but yeah, it's definitely happening. Yeah, I hope he does come back, even if it's just for, like, a scene. <laughs> Someone in the chat said, but what if I want Andrew Garfield to call me? No one wants Andrew Garfield to <laughs> and call he, him. He, he doesn't Garf want to call you. <laughs> no, if Andrew Garfield called me right now, I'd be like, what the fuck you want, Garfield? <laughs> you better have my money. <laughs> Where's my money? Where's my money, Garfield? Do you hate Mondays yet? You will, because give me my money. <laughs> no, I'm sure Andrew Garfield is nice, too, but still. <laughs> uh, Toby Maguire. Oh, what's Toby Maguire calling me? What has Toby Maguire been doing the last little bit? You know, I don't know. I can't remember the last movie I saw him in. I think it might have been The Great Gatsby. Was he in that? Yeah, he was in the, the, the one with Leonardo DiCaprio, the one that had incredibly amount of cgi in it for some reason okay let's let, let's go to wikipedia <laughs> and see his filmography and see what he's been up to quick quick matt stall for time I know, while i check it might have been the time it might have been well uh spider-man was going i know he broke his back and it took him out of out of commission for quite a while oh 
Oh, he's also adult Tim slash the narrator from The Boss Baby in 2017. Oh, so he he's really hitting that hitting that ceiling. <laughs> Man, can you believe that that show already has three seasons of like its follow up show on Netflix? I can because they're all like they're all like five minutes long, and I imagine they produced like forty seasons in like a day. I, I it's really quite a hell of a thing. That, you know, Pixar's like, oh, you know, we need to protect our brands and our characters and, you know, make sure if we do sequels, it's because we really have an important story and everything. DreamWorks is like, movie did okay, fine, three-season Netflix follow-up, go. It's the same with that, um, what's that other one, Minions. Yes, also that. Yeah, which 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 is new movie got delayed because of the coronavirus and everyone, no, uh, the, there's the first casualty of the coronavirus, uh, that new yeah. that new Minions movie. Oh no, not the minions! I uh, I apparently hear that How to Train Your Dragon show is all right because again, it, like it expands on what was already pretty interesting lore, and they got Jay Baruchel and most of the voice actors back. Yeah, that was a Tangled TV show as well. Apparently, that that only I, just finished up recently. Yeah, and apparently it was pretty damn good, is what people were saying, because it also grew the lore, and in fact, they took a bunch of the ideas they had for an unmade sequel and put it into that. Did you hear that, like, apparently, like, since the coronavirus struck, uh, popularity in Tangle went up, because in the movie, the kingdom is called Corona? <laughs> so, like, some, some so, like, I think early on when the coronavirus happened, people were searching that and they were coming up with Tangled and, like, oh, I'll watch this show. Maybe this will tell me how to survive the virus. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, Rapunzel was, you know, practicing social distancing yes. most yeah. of her life. She lived in a big, tall tower, yeah. kept everyone else away. <laughs> yeah, they were also human in there. So, how did they know? How did they know? <laughs> how did they know? You gotta follow the money, Matt. It's always about that. <laughs> Tangle tells you to follow the money. <laughs> uh, Rapunzel, the OG Otaku. Yeah, she was up there writing Naruto fan fiction yeah, this whole with time. With her body pillows and anime. Yeah, po- posting on her live journal, you know. <laughs> Apparently the villains in the Tangled show were better than the one in the movie. Yeah. Or at least, you know, more active. That was a... That was that was Eartha Kitt, wasn't it? Or no, not Eartha Kitt. Who who played the villain in that one? Uh, Mother Ooh, Gothel. Uh, I know she, I she had that song. Everybody, really I can't liked. remember. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> it's not important. <laughs> Tangle, Tangled, save us. Yes, in this hard times, everyone. Tangled will save us from the coronavirus. Ah, <laughs> uh, good shit. All right, what else do we have going on here? Ooh, uh, we got a surprise trailer. I didn't think they'd be dropping it so early, but then again, the show comes back in April, so maybe it's not early at all. We got a pretty full trailer for Harley Quinn Season 2. Yeah, I still haven't finished Season 1. It's good shit. Now is totally the time to do it. It's all very, very funny, and this trailer kind of spoils how the first season ends, and that is Gotham City is utterly destroyed. The uh, yeah, no what is it? Legion of Doom. <laughs> Yeah, we're doing fucking No Man's Land in this comedy show right down to Penguin and Two-Face and all the other villains dividing the city with a map. Yeah, yeah. 
And, of course, Harley is pissed off because, you know, even though she defeated the Joker and she, you know, led to the destruction of the city, Batman also seemingly gone, too. They they didn't give her a piece <laughs> of the city, so she's mad about that, naturally. Yeah, so she's got, like, in this picture, I've got, she's got the revenge board with all the different villains and on it, and Mr. Freeze and Penguin and Riddler and all that. So, yeah, I, I'm guessing the, the season's just going to be about her getting revenge on each of them. It's a gang war. It's about taking over the whole city. Yeah. I, uh, I I actually quite enjoy their Mr. Freeze design here. It's New 52 inspired, but it's like better than yeah, the New it, 52. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, he's got the mohawk. He's got the exposed arms and everything. I'm like, I should hate this, but this looks pretty good <laughs> yeah. in the uh, art style of this show. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty solid. Uh, uh, Bane makes a great joke in the trailer, whereas like, I am, I am rising. I'm like, ah, I get it. He's making another Dark Knight Rises yeah. joke. Uh, we, we see parademons in the trailer. That's pretty yeah, slick. Yeah. We see an Eartha Kit inspired Catwoman that I'm like, yeah, okay, this really works for the show. That's solid. Also with her too, that means we're that much closer to like a full on Gotham City Sirens reunion. I, I have to think that'll, that'll, that's on the card somewhere. Season three, maybe. They, they look to be setting her up as, like, the third friend to balance mm-hmm. out the Harley Ivy personalities, yep. which I'm totally down for that. Batgirl Barbara Gordon is in it wearing a proto version of her DC Rebirth costume, like she's just starting her superhero career now because Batman's gone and the city's gone to shit. I imagine that'll probably be a plot point as well, yeah. She, she takes over. Yeah, I, I am really interested to see what Batgirl is like in this show because of what a fucking hilarious <laughs> mess Gordon is yeah, in this universe. Yeah, oh, Gordon's fantastic in this universe. I love him. <laughs> Christopher Maloney, man. He played like a serious TV cop for years on SVU, and then you're like, oh yeah, you're also a comedic actor That's the and thing. very funny. That's the thing. He's, he's playing Stabler by way of his character from Happy. <laughs> It's an amazing mashup. It really, really is. What else do they have here? Oh, uh, they seek to imply that maybe Harley and Ivy are getting a little closer in their relationship, where I'm like, ah, see, so all the people who said I was stupid for implying that in my first season videos can suck it, because there you go. (laughs) Have people been reading comics lately? Do people know what the whole deal is? apparently not apparently not or they just cannot they can't deal with it they're like i like this show it's funny but i can't like it if there's gay yeah, if the, the, the vagina people like each other i can't like no, it no no can't have that I, I have such a case of the not gays <laughs> the idea of two women being gay just sickens me entirely <laughs> is what they would say <laughs> But yeah, so it looks really funny. I can't wait for it. They're going into some really interesting directions in this show. Man, I really did. Like, I knew there was a 50-50 chance this show might make it, but now it's like, no, no, this this and Doom Patrol are like the only reasons to have the DC Universe app. Yeah, it's it's very strange because it feels like they actually pumped a little bit more money into this show compared to like, like Young Justice or like some of the other stuff. It- you know, I don't even think it's a matter of they put more money into it, but because it's a comedy, they knew where to spend their money, and so it's fine for characters to just sit and talk to each other for a bit, and the backgrounds are kind of cheap and everything, and they don't really need to do a lot of action, or if they do, it's really quick, and it's over. I think I think what, what I like is that it's not that that those new new 52 young justice designs where everyone's got a thick neck and Mm. and and just looks really blocky like that like harley looks like like an actual woman she's not like this like blocked arms like they have in the new Mm. 52 
you know what it is too it's like the first two seasons of young justice had so much more money mm-hmm. and they had to deal with a smaller budget mm-hmm. for season three here they developed the show with the budget in mind so they knew where to cut mm-hmm. corners and what everything was supposed to look mm-hmm. like so you know it, it feels better mm. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that that looks fucking great. I'm excited for that. That's going to be good. And also, did really well for my channel, too. This and Young Justice. So please let both those things come back so I can eat. Yeah, people like them. They really, they really, really do. People like those. They don't care for my Star Wars reviews. I, I think found that as I well. I did. found that, like, I, I keep doing the Star Wars comics and, like, like, people talk about it endlessly, but don't want anything to do with the comics or anything. It's it's shocking. It's like, you know, is it something I'm doing wrong? The last one I did with Ahsoka did the best ever, probably because, you know, people were excited for that character to come back mm-hmm. and because of the news uh, about the Rosario Dawson thing. But, yeah, it's just it's just surprising that I'm like, well, no, I got to I got to at least see Clone Wars to the end so I can justify talking about Mandalorian because more people like that yeah, or I, might like I'm that. just going to I'm going to wait until Clone Wars is over and probably do like a whole like series review on every season of it or something. That might actually work better because, you know, again, it's all very arc-based storytelling. Like, the episode from this Mm -hmm. week was good, but so very much just the slow burn start of a bigger story. Oh, yeah, it totally was just setting up everything. These are the characters, this is the world, this is the rules we're living by, and now we'll continue with stuff next week. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so what do we got from there? Ooh, our last story this week, and something I didn't expect to talk about. Uh, Infinite Destinies, or Infinity Destinies, is going to be the next big Infinity-style event from Marvel, and they've already uh, spoiled in solicitations, oh shit, it looks like OG Nick Fury is coming back at some point. Yes, or as I like to call this event, Dice Infinstis. Because whoever designed that fucking title should be shot. Yeah, look at them having fun with the font and everything. Aren't aren't you clever? <laughs> aren't you clever with the fonts and everything? Uh, honestly, I forgot that this was actually picking up from where the last Infinity story left off, and that is the Infinity Stones became people. Became people, or in the case of, like, Soul Stone and stuff, kind of just, like, went about it. It, it, like, became sentient and just, like, left. So, like, you've got characters like Adam Warlock who are, who are searching for it and stuff like yeah. that. But, yeah, some some of them became people. Nothing really ever happened with that. Yeah, I mean, uh, they do say something kind of interesting about this because when I first heard this story, I'm like, oh, God, we just did an Infinity story <laughs> cycle. I don't want to do another one. But admittedly, they said two things that made me kind of interested. The first thing is that this is actually going to tie into what Solid and Amid is doing in the Miles Spider-Man book right now. And that is, hey, remember that creepy dude with, like, the Lovecraftian corporation called the Assessor who kidnapped Miles and tortured him and looked like he was trying to figure out about uh, the Ultimate Universe and everything? Okay. He's involved in this. And then also the way they're releasing the book is kind of interesting, too, where it's like, look, it's not going to be its own book. It's going to be a series of annuals featuring more popular, more prominent heroes like Iron Man and Captain America meeting these new Infinity Stone people. Yeah, it's very interesting. And on the covers here, you've got the guy with the um, the, uh, the the Time Stone. I'm, I'm just trying to remember whether that was the, the guy who was technically a serial killer who got it while he was in prison and used it to escape I, prison. I don't think it is. 
I vaguely remember that story. Yes, yeah, there yeah. was a guy in jail, and the stone came to him and everything, and he yeah, escaped. The, but that was that was so fucking long yeah, ago. Now the, the Raptors came after him or something. I I can I can barely remember. Yeah, that was goddamn. They waited a long time to tell this story, didn't oh, they? Yeah. They're striking while the iron is ice cold, <laughs> just when you need to. And I and I bet you, I fucking bet you, the way that they're setting this up, where these characters are going to join, you know, famous Avengers for stories, I bet when it's all done, they're going to spin off into a new book, and it's going to be called The Infinity Watch, and it's going to star all these characters. <laughs> I'm I'm still waiting for them to bring because they they for a while there they 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 did those um Infinity Warps, uh those characters mm. that were merged like Spider Man and Moon Knight and all that they did that for like. Mm like an issue each and then they're like ah these characters don't exist anymore and i'm like oh they they were really interesting characters though they were fun and also i mean shit it's not like you guys are going to be able to do another dc crossover <laughs> or another amalgam anytime no. soon so marvel's like throwing up their hands and like fuck it we'll do our own amalgam <laughs> and i'll have blackjack and hookers and spider knights <laughs> And you'll love it. Because, again, they make a point at the end of that book to be like, okay, we saved their universe, though, if anyone ever wants to do anything exactly. with these characters ever again. They they did, yeah, and they did a follow-up with, like, they all got, like, one-shots, and then that was it. Like, no one, and all the one-shots were just that. They were just, like, stories from those universes, and that's it. Yeah. So, yeah, this is Infinite Destinies. I don't know. Could be good. Depends what else is going on at the time. Yeah. Because it's... Marvel's pretty fucking stacked at the moment with stuff. Oh, they've got this Empire... I guess Children of the Atom might be its own sort of little event. X of Swords. Um, X of Swords. Uh, what else we got? There's so much going yeah, on Yeah, that's right four. Now. That's four. And they're all gonna have tie-ins. Oh, God. <laughs> So, you know, get ready for that. And again, I'm sure some of it will be pretty good, but at the same time, too, I'm just like, man, you're asking a lot of me right now, Marvel. I'm enjoying it, but don't don't take advantage of my good faith in you at the it moment. It will actually be very interesting, like, like just looking at the comic industry in general, because, like, well, because of the coronavirus, like, yeah, it'll probably, like, see a surge, but then also people aren't working and getting paid, so mm. how are they going to buy these comics? <laughs> And comics, while they are important art that I love so much, they are niche, and they are a frivolous expense. Oh, yes. I mean, not to me, because, you know, I you know get to write them off on my taxes, which, fuck, I haven't done that this year. Okay, the, the government extended it. You have to, like, August to do it before they charge you any extra. But, I'm, but, I, but I might also be behind for a couple other years I need to do, but, you know. Uh, so if we don't do the show one week, it's because Joel's in jail for tax evasion tax evasion Oof. gets Here's the, the cell next the... to wesley snipes yeah i mean hey you're blade what's up man <laughs> <laughs> uh, some motherfuckers always try to ice skate uphill <laughs> Here's, here's the thing. Uh, I know people who are way more behind than me, actually, is the thing. <laughs> I'm. It's, it's not so much I'm avoiding them. It's I'll get to them eventually when I have the money. Because I know be, being a YouTuber and being like a freelance creator, I got to file for a loss every year. And then last year, it was the first time I ever actually owed the government money. Where before, it's like, hey, filed for a loss. Give me my uh, tax return. <laughs> and it was awesome. And I'm like, hey, guess who's paying for dinner tonight, everyone? But then after that one, they're like, okay, you owe us X amount of money. I'm like... No, no, you you give me money. I don't give you money. Oh fuck! <laughs> I'm lucky. I've never owed the government money, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> yeah, it was the first time I had ever owed the money, and I'm just like, man, being an adult sucks. <laughs> <laughs> 
Gotta pay them. I see what my dad was so mad about all the time. <laughs> That's why. But uh, yeah, there's there's your tax talk, everyone. If anyone ever wants to become a YouTuber uh, or a freelance creator, that's uh, that's what you're gonna have to deal with, everybody. <laughs> All right, so there's the news, everyone. Now, uh, should we talk about what we read this week, or maybe just talk about a couple big books, or we can hop into the fun segment that I put together for this, and that is we can read uh, hypothetical situations uh, in comic book universe as uh, submitted by the fans. <laughs> Our would you rather game? Uh, well, let's do comics first, then do that because that might spawn some new things in the chat. Okay, cool, cool. Well, l- l- let's just talk about a couple big ones then, because we don't have to talk about every little one. Because I do want to save some time for the show. Yeah. Where where would you like to start, Matt? Uh, well, let's start with uh, Hell Arisen finally finished up. Ugh! Thank God, yeah. not a moment too soon. Oh yeah, <laughs> what a what a bullshit four issues that was. Like I don't think I've been this disappointed in a DC story in a long time because it had everything it should to be good. James Tynan wrote yeah. it; he's a good writer. It had Apex Lex, who you and I were enjoying. I know we were kind of in the minority on that one. Yeah, we were really enjoying that. It's it, it sort of started at the beginning of the in the first two issues at least look to like maybe explain some of the stuff that the justice league book either couldn't get to or was relegated to mm. this book uh and then these last two issues just like threw that out the window it's like nah batman who laughs is cool bat wank bank wank bat yeah. wank yeah it turns out this was all completely avoidable completely ignorable uh this really had nothing to offer and what it did offer was like oh didn't you want to see you know joker and lex have it out from what happened in justice league no, I got the gist of that. Oh, well, didn't you want to see Apex Lex fight the Batman who laughs? Not yeah, really. No, he, he's got no, as he, as he said in these books, he's of no consequence to him. You know, didn't need to fight him. <laughs> didn't, didn't you love it too when Luther's like, ah, he's corrupted all the superheroes. Well, he's corrupted the B team of superheroes as the A-listers have gone. <laughs> oh, I'll bring together my year of the villain army, all of those villains that I have been empowering. But wait, didn't a bunch of these villains already get defeated and shouldn't they not be? Perpetua has broken time. Also, why don't these villains talk to each other or to you in this time? Shut the fuck up. Shut up. (laughs) We're trying to tie it together and have it make sense, even though it makes not. Yeah, it makes no sense. And then, yeah, then just to cap it all off, we find out that this has all been part of the Batman Who Laughs plan. Because, of course, it has been. Uh, he he meant for all of this to happen so he could get into Perpetua's mind and like make her go crazy and take her like make her his puppet. Can can we take a couple steps back to even before that? The other thing that completely chapped my balls is after all this big like ooh the infected Secret Six ooh they're sleeper agents for the Batman who laughs they could be anywhere. We dedicated a whole Batman Superman arc to this and they literally get defeated by Lex in a couple pages. And then they get depowered in this issue. They add nothing. They provide nothing. They're that, completely useless. That whole thing felt like it was that that whole thing felt like it was meant to be a lot longer. And someone at yes. DC cut the knees out of it because it felt it felt yep, like because they did that whole thing. It was like who are the Secret Six? And they had like that big page that had all the characters on it in like a chessboard and it's like who are the secret six and they like almost immediately tell you who they all are um and it felt like yeah it felt like it should have been like a long haul sort of summer story where every now and then you find out someone who was infected and then until you get the whole secret six but nope nope you know what it probably was it was probably a matter too of like well 
We're canceling Supergirl. We're burying the Shazam book right mm-hmm. now, so it's not going to tie in. Hawkman has his fans, but we're not going to make Hawkman the center of this story. Blue Beetle doesn't have a book. Gordon's a background character, so, you again, know. If, like, again, why choose those particular characters? Like, I could understand Gordon because of his ties with Batman, Batman Who Laughs, and that sort of book. But, like supergirl and like all that sort of stuff feels like it was just like an afterthought i mean i thought it was to elevate those characters and give them (laughs) something to do and put eyes on their books but no half of them don't even have books so (laughs) and half of them don't even have fucking books so you know yeah that's good it was so weird and then yeah it finished i'm glad it just capped it off even though supergirl's book is still dealing with the fact that she's infected oops yeah so they kind of kind of fucked that up in terms of the timeline and all that sort of stuff i did like however uh lex's little bit in this how he was talking about how like i was just a man and then i i defeated the crime syndicate and forever evil and then the universe fucked me over because they brought back the crime syndicate and it was like the universe trying to remind him that he is just so small but because lex is so arrogant he doesn't realize Mm. that all of this stuff has been like like perpetual playing him like that vision he saw of like the future that everyone loved him and everything that was all perpetual like fucking with him and again too it's like you know uh again i agree that's the only redeeming part of this book but in the back of my mind i'm like i already knew this as a fan yeah, you yeah. didn't need to come out and tell me this i was well aware and even if you wanted to have this scene you could easily put it at the beginning of death metal if you wanted although i don't know how important luther's gonna be to death metal because really the only thing worth of note that happens here is that he gets depowered after all the shit with apex lex and i'm so strong and i can fight the justice league and wackety schmackety do <laughs> perpetua just just takes his god mod away just takes that, away his toys that, d- that just feels like the whole point of the series just to put lex back as like a normal human that's that's just all it feels like it and it's like didn't you also do a year of the villain thing where it's like no but if he dies though he has a backup body and everything yeah yeah they set up that that whole year of the villain lex luther issue which was fantastic and yeah it's set up that he has this backup body which sought to imply that he was going to die and he were going to get like a younger lex or like a more traditional lex back so, in case you're playing along at home, literally nothing that happened in Hell Horizon mattered because nothing that happened in the year of the villain actually mattered. In no. fact, none of the changes they've made have lasted or stuck around. No, it, this has to be, like, the shortest of changes, like, not stuck. Has to have been. I mean, I, I mean, you can't even say it's stuck because no. they never did yeah. it. Something happened in one book that it never carried <laughs> over. I, I, yeah, I've never seen them just no-sell a thing, and it's not even like, like uh, oh, you know, that was like a couple months worth of stories. No, you did this shit for a year, an actual literal year, and none of it mattered. That's what really, like, c- confused me. It's like, it's been a year since this happened. I'm like, really? What? Re- a year? Really? It feels like, like a you, couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, you, you wasted a goddamn year for no reason. Yeah, Holy only because you wanted to do what you did in the New 52 again. But do a bigger version yeah. of it, proving that bigger is not always better. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Fuck that story. <laughs> uh, on that to a good DC story that we actually both really enjoyed and uh, just so happened to be outside continuity, Deceased Unkillables. Yeah, this was a fantastic book. Boy, was it. I, I really take my hat off 
to Tom Taylor that even when he's telling, like, you know, a gross, scary, horrifying zombie tale, the moral is ultimately about finding the humanizing moments in everyone, even the villains who are forced to rise to the occasion here and find their better angels as well. Yeah, he he, he has this, this knack. He did it in Injustice all the time where they have these these kind of quiet moments between all of like like people being ripped in half and whatnot where like the characters can just like like sit down and just like be human also can i say too can we gloat a little bit here we joked after that first issue where we're like wouldn't it be funny if bane started a book club and started reading to the children and holy shit (laughs) he does it here but he can't read probably because the mask muscle is his voice (laughs) And children, and that is why the downfall of society was actually their own fault. I'm sorry, Mr. Bane, I, I I don't get Oh, you don't understand? No, I totally understand. I just can't hear you through the mask. Oh. <laughs> and then later, he's not wearing the mask. Yeah, I thought that was great. I I really enjoyed, I enjoyed um like, Gordon having to sort of step up and become the leader of this group, mm. but also have to do things, like he had, it was it takes like floyd to tell him like hey the world isn't like how it used to be you can't play by your rules anymore you're going to have to teach these children how to be an army because they that this is the yeah. world they live in now i i love that deathstroke respects gordon yeah. so much where it's like yeah you kept law and order in the most hellish city on earth of course you're good yeah i, I did like that line as well it's like wow did you really think that you, you didn't have any corrupt cops in your force because you definitely did and a lot of them worked for me <laughs> worked for me the best bit too is like did you lose someone my daughter and deathstroke like yeah i lost my sons and i'm like oh shit i guess that's why he went after rose first because i thought it was funny that he went after rose first because it's like oh i guess fuck jericho huh? <laughs> <laughs> which this seeks to imply that he did go after jericho first but jericho was already dead yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Rose, you were actually the third <laughs> choice. <laughs> well, no, I guess their other son was technically already dead. D- different adaptations forget about that, that there was a third Deathstroke kid. Yeah. Who was the original Ravager who died first. <laughs> I do, I liked the uh, little Jason Todd Rose sort of romance and that Deathstroke, which in any other book he would like dis- disapprove of their relationship. He's like, no go go for it this is the end of the world you're all gonna die anyway might as well have some fun mm-hmm. yeah I-, I love too where it's like of course they you know fall for each other over their mutual hatred of their dads oh my dad's <laughs> such a dick no my dad's such a dick oh god you're so hot you want to talk about how big a dicks our dads are yeah totally <laughs> i hate my dad no i hate my dad more <laughs> It's fun. It's fun. It's good stuff. Even little character moments too, like Deadshot teaching kids, being like, "Okay, I can't give you actual guns because you're children, but I'm going to teach you how to break a skull with a slingshot." <laughs> yeah, and um, and then when the little yeah, then when the little kid he's training gets grabbed, Deadshot actually proves to be quite heroic, jumping after him. Yeah, yeah, getting his legs cut off. <laughs> Yeah, shame. Yeah, but still treated better than he is most of the time. Yeah, that was actually a pretty cool part where um. Uh, mirror master becomes infected because that like oh my god that that's actually quite terrifying he can appear anywhere where there is a mirror and a, a, a or any mirrored surface it rem- <laughs> it reminds you that mirror master were he not a dumbass would actually be like god tier mm-hmm. because there's so many reflective surfaces everywhere yet he only chooses to rob banks yeah, I, I was really looking for it i they could do it but i was i was hoping they'd get creative with that reflective surface thing was like oh he can appear on any reflective surfaces and he like 
like breaks out of like like floyd's reflective helmet like comes out of like the reflective oh, surface and the helmet rips yeah. through his head and whatnot but yeah we get a cool wonder woman that scene who cool. rips vandal savage in half though that's the good i love vandal savage is like i'm the villain of this story i'm taking over no you're not man <laughs> zombies are the villain of this story not you <laughs> It's a, uh, it's pretty great too, you know. I mentioned Mirror Master. I'm like, yeah, what would Mirror Master be like if he was smart? I'm like, oh, well, he'd be Eve McCulloch. He'd be the villain of Flash this season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I like. The writers of that show are like, yeah, this Mirror Master has a great power set. What if he wasn't a dumbass? Though? <laughs> yeah. What if he actually used the power he has to like actual villain stuff? He'd be very powerful. Yeah. Well, then he'd be a totally different character. Okay, let's make a totally different character then. <laughs> let's let's drop a letter. I love with just the drop of a letter and Evan becomes Eva. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good shit. Uh, all right, what else did we what else did we both have this week? Uh, I guess we both had Batman. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, a, a bit of a less uh, what is it less. Uh, stacked issue than we have had in the past the 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 real takeaway here is the joker actually telling his side of the story of the meeting with the designer yeah i I like that at the start explaining like all the all the players of the game and how he 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 spoke he saw the designer as like the devil uh, kind of and Mm. his whole deal was that he wanted to be the devil Right, I didn't want to take a hand at What's great, too, about Tynan's version of Joker, which is different even than Snyder's version of Joker, is his Joker tells actual jokes. Yeah, that, that's what I, I don't understand, because he wrote Hell Arisen as well, and it's completely different yeah. in that. I'm like, this guy has a handle on these characters. Why are they so different here? You know what I think it is? I'm pretty sure they threw that on his lap when he didn't want yeah. it, because he was probably developing Batman and finishing up uh justice league dark he probably couldn't have handled another project didn't want it and was like okay let's just get this shit done yeah true that's that's what i think it really breaks down to i think he's a talented guy who was under the gun but i mean yeah the batman book that's that's pretty much the long and short of it Mm -hmm. yeah this was pretty interesting uh they do seek to imply at the end there where it's like oh shit uh riddler was kidnapped but maybe now he's actually working with the designer which means maybe deathstroke and batman have to team up yeah yeah i, I like that i like that part at the end where that he's got him up on the jet and he's like showing him the city and the people that live there and what he fights for and whatnot and uh, deathstroke being like uh what is it uh friggin tommy lee jones from fugitive i don't care <laughs> yeah i don't give a shit I don't care. Pay me. And it's great because th- this is like Batman coming undone in a way you don't normally see him where he's just yelling at Deathstroke like, care, damn it. Why don't you care? I'll splatter us both right now. And Deathstroke's like, no, you won't. Fine. You want to play chicken and see? I won't. That's the thing. Like James Tynan has undone Batman more than what Tom King did in his 80 plus issues. <laughs> And, like, it makes perfect sense where it's like, yeah, Batman's tired. He's literally been going for days now fighting the designer because the designer has, like, four separate master crimes (laughs) all happening at once. Yeah, yeah, he's been pushing himself too far. Yeah, and he'll eventually break under. I also like, too, that Catwoman and Harley Quinn have their own little side story, and they're like, okay, how do we help Batman? Ah, we steal Bruce Wayne's fortune before he gets the chance. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, that's cool business for them. I I like when Catwoman steals things, but for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah, and and the book ends with, uh, I I guess, Riddler enacting his part of the plan that the designer had. Yes, which his was one of the weirdest. I want to prove I'm smarter than everyone else. I especially want to prove I'm smarter than the cops of Gotham. Really? Why them specifically? Yeah, well, why those cops specifically? I'm sure there'll be a good reason why. Yeah. 
It, I just thought that was funny. Like, penguins make sense. You know, I want to rule the city. I want to be mayor. That tracks and also is very similar to both uh, the Batman movie and also, <laughs> what is it, an old episode of the Adam West TV yep. show where he wanted to be mayor, so that's, like, baked into his character. Yeah, but, yeah, the Riddler one does seem weird. I'm guessing it's just going to play into the fact that he always wants to have, like, a riddle or like a game going and this is just like right. a bigger game than he's usually played yeah i want to prove you know where it's like oh you know the guardians of your city can't help you because they're ultimately dumb and i'm revealing how dumb they are because mm-hmm. me i'm big smarty man yeah as amazing spider-man says the riddle is going to unleash corona and gotham oh, oh no. the, the worst oh oh no 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 it's funny too uh did you see he also has a new costume now that's actually a lot closer to his frank gorshin costume yeah yeah he does it looks great yeah he dropped the suit and picked it up and i'm like this this is retro i love it this is riddler being like nah man everything that's old is new again (laughs) (laughs) just wearing a onesie covered in question marks (laughs) uh did, did you actually read outlawed this week matt or did you uh skip that one i I know you weren't reading champions no i skipped it it's uh I will say this. It is definitely off to a much better start than Civil War 2. Mm-hmm. Thematically, it is very similar uh to the first two Civil Wars where you know, or to the first Civil War where you know heroes have to fight for their right to exist. In this case, it's young heroes. Mm-hmm. The actual like accident that they cause, no one actually gets hurt or dies during it. Uh well actually that's not true. Uh Viv Vision is the one they end up killing. Okay. But it's a total accident. It's that they're fighting one of the dragons left over from the War of Realms. Mm -hmm. Viv's like, oh, you know, I'm going to, like, you know, punch it at mock speed. And then Power Man is like, oh, I'm going to give you a chi boost so, you know, you can fly and hit that much harder. But that apparently ends up causing her to malfunction. And she becomes, like, this weird energy lightning rod. Stops the dragon but destroys a building and almost kills an important VIP. And uh, basically the champions get blamed for it, even though they saved the day. Uh, Yeah, so... Yeah, very much like the the, the starting salvo for Civil War one with Speedball and the the school. Only not in such bad taste because yeah. they didn't murder a bunch of children. And again, too, I'm just like, how come no one brings up like, yo, it's fucking Viv, man. She's a robot. We'll just rebuild her. We rebuild Vision all the goddamn time. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, uh, and they, they don't bring that up at all. It's no, they don't bring that up at all. Uh, it's funny too. Uh, the, the VIP who they're trying to save uh, again, tying into the much bigger. Uh, what is it, thematic idea this story is pushing, and that is, you know, what what place do young uh, heroes, young activists have in the world of comics to try and tie it to a real-world thing? The idea is, is that the VIP the champions have to save is a young 16-year-old climate crusader who rocks on the oil company was trying to murder her. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, okay, I see who she's supposed to represent. I see this. And uh, Kamala Khan actually manages to save her is the funny thing. But she wasn't in costume when they did it. So when they pass this new law outlawing uh, teenage superheroes, they call it Kamala's Law. Oh, (laughs) jeez. So she's laid up in the hospital and they've named this horrible new law after her. They build a, uh, what is it, friggin' military police force called Cradle to enforce it and to break up everything and it's hilarious because speedball of the new warriors is one of the people <laughs> leading this team and he's taking away the champion shit and he's like yep this job's too dangerous kids you'll thank me later trust me i should know jeez. <laughs> oh, and i'm like wow way to rub such salt in the wound fucking speedball fuck you <laughs> do, do they do they bring up the fact that like yeah this whole outlaw thing it like makes sense but like 
do they bring up the fact that why are they going after just the children? Why not all all vigilantes like uh, Punisher and, and all that? Why why are they excluded mm. and just the children are the only ones being focused on? Uh, literally, the idea they seek to imply is that this is all the work of like a slimy, blame shifting politician whose you know name escapes me. Yeah, I, I remember seeing the him, idea. him on the news. And, yeah, yeah. The the idea is is that he's going after the champions because the champions are an easy target to score, mm-hmm. you know, political points for him in his career. He couldn't go after Captain America. In fact, Captain America sticks up for the children here, <laughs> saying, you know, I was part of the greatest generation. You know, I enlisted in the army basically when I was these kids age. And I think the further idea, too, is that, you know, Nova kind of gets under his skin by saying, you know, kids die every day all over the world, right? Be it in, you know, Somalian child armies dying of starvation, drug abuse, suicide, school shootings, etc., etc. And you fucking stuffed suits don't do anything about it. So instead of actually going after a problem that mattered, you're going after us because we're easy targets. Okay. So it's, again, it's, again, much more than Civil War 2 that, you know, kind of oversimplified a very complicated issue. This one's like, no, 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 we actually are going to try and deep dive a complicated issue. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yes. So there's a lot of, you know, heady themes and ideas going on here. The only thing I didn't like about it is that the art isn't great. Oh, really? Who's the artist behind it? Oh, the name escapes me now. The, The problem is, like, it's fine art. But it's very cartoonish and over-exaggerated, okay. kind of a bad fit for a book that's trying to be, you know, all political and timely. Yeah, yeah. But again, they've got to relate the, it to the kids, and I guess that kids wouldn't pick up art if it was done by, like, Alex Maleev or someone. That's true. I could see that being a thing they fought about in the room and being like, no, 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 it's got to be like this. And also, too, uh, the story is going to continue in the Miles Spider-Man book and the Miss Marvel book, and uh, those are going to have their regular art team. So there you go. Oh, that's good. It's also like people keep referring it to Civil War because it has a very similar start. I don't see it that way because so far heroes aren't fighting each other. In fact, the entire superhero community is behind the children, <laughs> minus the New Warriors. But fuck the New Warriors. Yeah, I, I imagine something will happen that'll shift the shift like the people's like uh, view on them. Right. They they do make Miles kind of the wet blanket at first when the media is like, you know, is it is it safe for these teen heroes? Is anyone safe around these teen heroes? And Miles is like, yo, maybe they have a point. And everyone's like, shut the fuck up, Miles. <laughs> now is not the time to say that shit. And normally, you know, I would actually kind of be on Miles's side where it's like, well, you know, he lost his uncle and his father kicked him out. I'm like, nope, no, wait, that was the ultimate universe. None of those things happened anymore. <laughs> his uncle is alive and his dad loves him more now than ever. Um, why, why is he the one saying this? <laughs> why, what, what, why, why is he the one uh, backing uh, this thing? Because obviously someone has to. It's just weird that it ended up being him, it seems. Yeah, yeah. I, I imagine yeah, so I have to imagine that like maybe they came up with a story when young Cyclops was around because he seems like someone who would back uh, this. Which again, hey, that's funny too. This champions team, no mutants on it because we were talking about uh, Children mm-hmm. of the Atom. No mutants on it now. Yeah, Cyclops would have been the one lone mutant voice if he was still around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's outlaw. Outlaw is pretty cool. Do you have a uh, you have one more book, Matt? Then we can talk about these uh, these fun uh, scenarios people uh, shot us. I do. I had uh, Guardians of the Galaxy issue three. 
ooh, I haven't read this yet. Do tell. Yeah, so this was actually quite cool because the first, I think, four or five pages is all in Groot speak. So we see the book, oh. we see it from Groot's point of view where he talks like a normal person, but everyone else says like, I am Gamora or I am Hercules. <laughs> and But the thing is, you, you completely understand what's happening. And what's happening is uh, Rocket and Hercules and that are coming back from their mission that got Peter Quill killed and Gamora learns mm. that Peter Quill was killed and she blames Rocket and Hercules for it and they are effectively off the team and not allowed back on Half-World anymore because if they do come back, Gamora will kill them. And uh, Groot is like kind of stuck in the middle because he, he knows it's not their fault and everything and wants to try mm. and help, but he can't do anything. So he's kind of left there on his own. Um Oh. And a majority of the book after that is Moondragon and Drax dealing with the fact that there is multiple versions of Moondragon and Drax in the universe at the moment. I saw that when I got through it, because, yeah, Infinity Wars left them in a weird place, <laughs> and this isn't the main universe, Moondragon and Phylovel. Yeah, um, so Moondragon realizes that she isn't, like, she She says, like, there is someone out there who looks exactly like me, has the exact same name, but is but hasn't been touched by darkness and is a heroic version of herself and like the best version of herself and she wonders if drax knows what that feels like to know that there is a better version of yourself out there that you can't ever be and drax of, of course knows that because there's not only this drax which is the normal drax there's the old old school version of drax which was recently brought back in that donny cates run plus douglas uh arthur douglas in the soul stone mm, so he's like yes i remember that and he, he, he has he has memories kind of of both of them but he doesn't understand them because they're all fragmented so he's like which one am i am i these ones do i have to be any of these ones can i be my own person or do i have to be arthur douglas or do i have to be drax to the destroyer so he has to he's he's right. kind of trying to figure out who he is um after that the rest of the story is basically uh Gamora dealing with the death of of Peter and she actually ends up getting into contact very briefly with the master of the sun the guy that made uh, I cannot believe Ewing brought I know I know um the guy that made Peter Quill star lord and everything and it it's it very brief but it seeks to imply maybe she'll be going after him or like trying to like seek mm. him out maybe um but the end of the book is actually pretty cool because we get uh, Blackjack O'Hare back, and um, I okay, I saw that too when I was reading through it. I'm like, yeah, That's he pretty he's sweet. got his uh, his sort of uh, guardian sort of team that he's like basically running like a mercenary outfit that like hires out <laughs> hires out mercenaries for cheap for other people, kind of like the middleman, Whoa, um, and he ends it. up hiring the guardians uh, for a job, and he doesn't know what the job is yet, but he learns from the uh, the beaver thing alien that like hires him that he's meant to kill rocket raccoon and it's really funny because blackjack didn't want to hire the guardians because he thought rocket was still on the team and he hates rocket we're not really sure why of course. um he, he absolutely hates rocket and that's like his number one rule if rocket's involved he doesn't get involved but yeah he's he's been left to the he's been given a mission to kill rocket but rocket's not part of the guardians anymore so he hires the guardians to kill rocket i uh, love it yeah it's it's pretty cool pretty cool 
Ewing doing a lot of big ideas for that Guardians book that is, you know, kind of kind of getting away from the movie and kind of getting more uh, to the Abnett Landing oh, era. It's yeah, they, they, they reference the Ab- Abnett Landing era in this issue as well. Oh, do they? Yeah, because um, Gamora is remembering, like, remembering meeting Peter and stuff like that, and the Peter she meets is dressed up like the Star-Lord from the Abnett and Landing run when our costumes were different yeah. that's pretty cool i'll definitely have to check that one out yeah now it's funny uh i had all these questions put together because i thought it would be a funny way to uh what does it help fill an episode but honestly we're at an hour 30 already should we maybe end the show here and then maybe make that a special bonus yeah why not all right cool so thank you everyone for coming and watching the episode be sure to stick around here live on twitch we're gonna do this and this is gonna be an extra patreon thing maybe i'll put it up later if i need more content if i want to like take a night off and watch that tiger documentary or something <laughs> but yeah thanks everyone for showing up we had a lot of people here all 30 oh, yeah of you. well we we got up to like 45 at one point i think that's friggin' sick. Yeah. You know, we're, we're really glad, Matt and me, that we can be here and we can offer you some relief from your virus woes and everything, and we can be funny and talk about comics and shit for a little bit. And again, be sure to stick around because we're going to be doing more right when this ends. So uh, until then, everyone, thank you for watching. Be sure to check out the show first on Patreon if you can't catch the stream, and then everywhere else uh, Wednesday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, thanks, everyone, for coming out. So many of you came out. That's really great. Yeah, whoop whoop indeed, chat. So <laughs> hooray. And once we're done this, we're going to go and read some of your awesome submissions for uh, comic book themed Would You Rather. So until then, everyone, I've been Joel. I'm Matt. And we'll see you all next week, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye bye.